This morning, we have seven individuals that are going to be baptized in our service, and I'd like to just raise a couple of thoughts regarding that. If you've been here at Fellowship at all for very long, you have probably seen a baptism service. If you haven't, you will soon. And you may wonder, why are you doing that? I mean, why, why are you doing this? I mean, you're actually, there's actually a hole right here in our platform, and there's water there, which I've been promised is very warm. Um, and why do you do that? I mean, what, well, and I, my first response is to say this. We believe baptism is an ordinance of the church. It is an ordinance as the Lord's Supper is an ordinance. An ordinance is like a township ordinance. A township ordinance is, is the laws or the regulations or the practices of how a community is to do life together. Ordinances of, of a town typically tell you this. You can't smoke in public buildings. You must put a fence around your swimming pool. You must shovel your sidewalk. You can't go deer hunting in your backyard if you live in a neighborhood. Those are, those are our, our principles, practices that are built in as regulations of how we are to do life together. Ordinances of the church are how we're to do life as a community. There are certain things that we need to practice to live out our life together in our faith in Christ. And one of those is the Lord's Supper. We practice the Lord's Supper uh, on an average every five, fifth Sunday here. We do it regularly uh, in, in obedience to Christ as a way of celebrating Christ. Baptism is an ordinance that is done once in an individual's life as a following of Jesus Christ. Now, my, my big question this morning is this. Okay, well, Jesus ordained that. We believe Jesus said we should do that. Why? Why did he do that? I mean, what, what, what is this about? And so I'd like to answer a couple of questions real quick. Why do, we, why do people get baptized? The word baptizo is the word that literally means to immerse. It actually is used of Jesus in the upper room, and he's sitting there with the, the, the guys around the table. They're reclining at the table, and it says he took the sop or the bread, and he dipped it into his cup. And the word dipped, immersed, is the word Baptizo. It is the word transliterated to English is baptize. He baptized that baby. He placed it right in. He immersed it in. We're told in Mark chapter 1 that John the Baptist came along, so named because of his activity of baptizing. He appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now, it sounds like this is such an alien concept. I mean, imagine all of a sudden this guy comes along and he's taking these people and he's actually putting them under the water and bringing them up. And you think, you know, people must have thought he had lost his mind. Not so. Actually, what he was doing was not a new concept. Hundreds of years before, when Israel had first had their formulated laws one of the things that they were told to do was to do ceremonial cleansings. And the high, any priest that was going to enter the priesthood actually immersed himself in water. When someone had touched a dead body and was ceremonial unclean, when someone had a skin disease, there's a whole list of things. They were immersed in water for a ceremonial cleansing. They actually had a name for these tanks or these... Uh, uh, like a little pool that you would go into, and they're called mikvahs. You can look them up online. Google will take you, and you'll see archaeological digs of all these little, they look like baptismal tanks, the mikvahs, where they would go for these ceremonial cleansings. 
500 years before Christ, Israel began to have their faith become a world-impacting faith. Other people from other backgrounds, other religions, other cultural contexts began to want to be Israelites. They were called proselytes. They became a part of the Jewish faith, and there were two requirements on them. One, the guys all had to be circumcised. Two, both men and women had to be baptized. They had to go through the ceremonial cleansing. When you fast forward 500 years later to the time of John the Baptist in A.D. 25 or so, he comes along and he baptizes people. It's not an unknown concept. What was different was that John the Baptist was baptizing Jews. He was baptizing people who were already in. They had already bought into the the faith of Israel. And so, people, why are you baptizing? Here's what he said. I'm baptizing a baptism of repentance in anticipation or in preparation for the coming one. He constantly talked about the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming. You must do the baptism of repentance. Basically, what they were doing is they were identifying with his message by being baptized. They're saying, yes, I need repentance. Jesus Christ then comes along. And he says to us in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, literally he says, it, there's, a, there's a verbal, a verb, and if you, if you remember your English classes, there are participles. Participles modify a verb. He says, make disciples. This is the Great Commission. Go, go into all the world, make disciples. That's a verb. And then he says three ways. Make disciples by going, by baptizing, and by teaching them to observe everything I've told you. By going, sharing the gospel with people. By baptizing, getting them to be baptized, to identify with Christ. By teaching them to observe, by by mentoring them in the faith. Jesus is saying, I want you to now have them baptized in my name. What does that mean? Well, when they were baptized, identifying themselves with John the Baptist's message of repentance, they were saying, I am looking at myself differently. I see my sin. I see I need to be preparing my heart for the reception of the one that's coming. To be baptized in Jesus' name is identifying what Jesus Christ has done for us. It is is saying, when these people are baptized today, this is what they're declaring. I believe Jesus Christ has died for sinners just like me. That he rose from the dead for sinners just like me. And I, by faith, have placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And today, I'm publicly declaring this outward reality, outwardly, this inward reality that I have taken Jesus Christ as my Savior. Baptism has always been, throughout all of its history, even the, the centuries before Christ, a way of identifying with God But the baptism of Jesus is identifying with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of our lives. This morning, as these individuals are baptized, they are publicly taking their stand with Jesus Christ. You'll hear their stories uh, that will be a part of this experience, and uh, I'm going to go now and kick off my shoes, and I'll meet you at the baptismal tank. Okay. 30 seconds more, I would have lost total control of this room. (laughs) 
In Romans chapter 6, it says, uh, when it's talking about the event of baptism, it says that we are baptized into the death of Christ and raised in the newness of his life. When I baptize individuals this morning, you will hear me make a statement. I will say, as I put them below the water, I'll say, in the likeness of his death, and then I'll bring them up and say, in the likeness of his resurrection. I'm referring to Romans chapter 6, where it says, baptism is an outward expression of an inner reality. The inner reality is that when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we die to an old way of life. I died to the way of life where Mark Willie was now the boss of my life. I willingly, by God's grace, embraced Jesus Christ not only as my Savior but as my Lord. And we died to an old way of life where we are ultimately supreme. And we have been raised to a new way of life where Christ is now to be Lord of our lives. These individuals coming today are declaring by this action that they too, they have, they have made that, that faith choice to put their trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of their lives. I'd like to introduce the first one. Kathy is going to come and uh, be baptized this morning. You can always tell by the expression of their face, the temperature of the water, and it's lovely today. You really, you really ought to join us. Um, Kathy, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, I have. All right, we're going to hear about that. Hi, everyone. My name is Kathy Sakura, and I'm really excited to get baptized today and to be able to share this with all of you and to share a little bit about my story. I accepted Christ um, as a young teenager, but I would say it probably wasn't until I was in college where I really, really learned what it looked like to be a follower of Jesus and really was able to mature and grow in that belief. So as I look at my life today, I realize that it is pretty radically different uh, from my life five years ago, uh, which is kind of funny to me. You know, I can, I can do all the planning I want, but it's really God that establishes my steps. I, so I studied accounting in college, and as I graduated, I started working for a CPA firm. I was able to pass the CPA exam. I was having uh, quite a bit of success at work, was getting promoted, was on the partner track, and um, just as I kept achieving all of that success, um, it just I found that it just really wasn't satisfying my soul. And I'm thankful that God uh, was able to show me that it's not a what or a thing that can satisfy my soul, but rather who, and that's Jesus. I'm not here on this earth to, to, have, to have a successful career, to, to make a lot of money, to buy a big house. Um, that's not why he has me on this earth, and I'm just really grateful that he was able to, to show me that lesson and to help me to learn that. In June of 2016, I hopped on a plane to Niger as a short-term missionary uh, with SIM going to serve Gomi Hospital for a year, working with their finance team there. And gosh, I wish I had the words to really just describe how impactful that experience was on my life. And I could probably spend hours talking about how um, 
how God was just able to do all of these really cool things through accounting, but that might be too much excitement for a Sunday morning. Uh, and so I won't go there, but um, he just really, um, just really impacted me through my experience in Niger. And uh, quite frankly, my desire for what I wanted in life just totally changed uh, through that experience. You know, I just, I, I can't even describe the feeling of, of what it's like when you meet someone who has lived their entire life and has never heard of God's word, has never has no idea who Jesus is, and you just you really feel a burden on your heart when when you're in that situation. And and then you know it's it's hard to describe experiences where you go and spend an entire weekend in the remotest of remote villages and you meet new believers and they're just so excited about their faith in Christ and it just these situations just really impacted me for, for the better. So I came home from Niger with a changed mind, a changed outlook on life, and a changed heart, and, and, and a heart that's really determined to just join God in, in his mission of making himself known to all peoples on this earth. And it's just, it's really such a joy to, to be able to be a part of that. And so now instead of pursuing a, a career in corporate America, I find myself pursuing life as a missionary accountant. And um, quite frankly, that's something that I never thought I would say. Uh, but it just, it really is a joy to be able to um, serve the Lord and serve others through my skill set in accounting. So obviously my time in Niger was really rewarding and fulfilling, uh, but it was also really challenging for things that were happening on both sides of the ocean. I remember one day in particular, uh, while I was in Niger, my mom phoned me and had told me that she had been diagnosed with ALS. And when you get news like that, your heart just kind of sinks to the floor and, um, you know, it's hard. And, and not too long later, my grandfather ended up passing away. And, um, you know, just, I, I, just these two events really brought me a tremendous amount of grief and sadness. And um, it's just, you know, life can just be really hard sometimes. But it was very important, but um, there's hope for a future with God through Jesus. And, um, you know, Jesus came to this earth and, and died on the cross to bear our sins so that we could one day uh, be reconciled back to God the Father. And that's um, just what an amazing story and what an amazing gift that is to t once you can take hold of that. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible is John 16, 33, where Jesus is talking to his disciples uh, shortly before his death on the cross. And he says in this verse, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but to take heart, I have overcome the world. And, you know, Jesus tells us that there will be grief on this earth, you know, things, things will be hard. Um, but he also says that he will see us one day again and that we can rejoice because of that and that no one can take away that joy. And so today I'm really excited to get baptized. Um, one, because I think as a follower of Christ, he calls us to be obedient to his commands, to, to go and be baptized and to also go and make disciples of, of his people. And I also, I'm excited to be baptized today because I just really wanna celebrate um, the joy that he's given me, uh, the joy of knowing that my future is secure in his hands and that um, we can rejoice because of that and because we will one day see him face to face.
Kathy, is it your desire to publicly testify of your relationship to Christ by being baptized? Yes. Kathy, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the likeness of his death, the likeness of his resurrection. Dana is going to join me. Dana, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, I have. We're going to hear about that. Uh, hi, I'm Dana. I was raised in a very loving home uh, with my two parents and my brother. Uh, we were brought up Catholic, so I did all the sacraments, um, but I never really understood the meaning behind any of it. I would pray, but only when I felt like I really needed something, and then I'd feel guilty afterwards, like the whole concept of using God as a vending machine. So um, when I'd feel guilty when I'd pray, I just kind of thought, you know what, this isn't for me. Um, then I went to college, and I was a nursing major, so I was uh, inundated with science and so much knowledge and you know brilliant professors around me and um, I had one professor that I really respected that talked about death um, and biologically how that happens to your body and I remember just him talking about it in such a godless way and I figured that's it you just die there's nothing um, after that, it's just kind of like, you know, you go blank and it made me sad, but at the same time I felt like, you know, he was really well respected and smart, so I believed him and I was an atheist for a few years, um, just frustrated with the world. Then um, at my great aunt's funeral, my family was all sitting around and I was sitting at a table with my grandmother and uh, I remember her and a couple family members were talking about God, and I proudly said I was atheist, like an arrogant college student would. And uh, I remember she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, sweetheart, one day you will believe in God. And I don't know what happened, but I went in the bathroom and I cried and I couldn't explain why. Um, but I think in that moment, something kind of sparked and I started really thinking about God and, um, kind of becoming more agnostic, I guess. You know, I wanted to believe that there was something, but I didn't know what. Then I met who is my now husband, Luke. Um, I remember after probably our third date, he asked me to go to church with him. And I thought, okay, this is weird, but he's a really nice guy. I really like him, so I should go, even if it was just to see him. And um, it was a very unorthodox church, at least in my experience, they had loud music and the it was in an old movie theater in philly and the pastor wore jeans and an eagles jersey and i felt really overdressed but so welcomed and it was such a breath of fresh air and at the time my husband um, had just gotten a job with the government and he had to go to an academy in quantico so um, he left and i kept driving 45 minutes to go to this church every sunday and i just felt like I was getting deeper and deeper into God and, um, and I loved it. Then um, after he graduated from the academy, we moved to Laredo 
um, Laredo, Texas. And that was quite an experience. It was the first time I was ever gone from my family. And I needed to lean into something. So it was really nice. There was a little ladies Bible study that um, happened every Tuesday and we'd meet and we'd have tea and coffee and we'd talk about God. And um, it's the first time I ever really understood what fellowship was and how important it was. And it made a big impact on my life. Then after five years of being in Texas, we were relocated to New Jersey and um, that brought us here. We have two children now, one and a two-year-old, Axel and Quinn, and um, they are amazing. They exhaust me, but they're wonderful. I also do the ladies' Bible study on Tuesday mornings, and we started studying Gideon, and I remember turning to someone and saying, who's Gideon? I never heard of him, and she said, oh, he was a warrior, which is kind of wait. And I started reading his story, and I just identified with it so much, which was such a shock, because I'm not a warrior. <laughs> I'm just a stay-at-home mom. And he... <laughs> just was so unequipped, so lost, so bottom of the barrel. And I feel like that's me. I, I don't know how to be a Christian mom. I don't know how to raise my kids. I'm the first in my family to become a Christian. And, um, and I just feel lost. And in reading Gideon, I've learned that you have to be 100% obedient. I feel like I've only been giving God part of me, not all of me. I, I don't want to give him that. Um, control. I'm afraid. So this is me trying to be obedient and put it all out there for him and just, you know, let the Holy Spirit lead me in motherhood because I feel like he has to work in me and um, he's the only one that can. I am ready to be wholeheartedly obedient to Jesus Christ. Dana, is it your desire to publicly testify of your relationship to Christ by being baptized? Dana, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the likeness of his death, the likeness of his resurrection. Mary is going to join us. Now, Mary won't ever tell anybody, but Mary is my niece. So, um, they're clapping for what a long-suffering person you are. Um, <laughs> Mary, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. We're going to hear about that. Hi, I'm Mary Hutchings. Um, I've been going to FCC pretty much my whole life. Um, I've been surrounded by Christian friends and family, and I went to a Christian high school, so I've been very blessed in that way. Um, and I was saved at a very young age. It was kind of like a gradual process for me. And then I think when I turned like 12 or 13, my dad was pastoring at a different church for a couple years, and while we were there, I started to think about what it really meant to be a Christian, and I think that's when I fully realized what it meant to be saved. Um, ever since then, I've been thinking about getting baptized, but it just hasn't really happened. Um, I think I've been kind of scared to do it because I'm kind of scared of public speaking and stuff, but I went to my first year of college, and I felt very 
apathetic about my classes and work because I wasn't thinking about God very much. And after, now I'm in my second year, and over the summer I started reading my Bible more and trying to connect more with God. And that's really changed my attitude and my outlook. So I thought that now would be an appropriate time to get baptized because it just feels like a good time for me and I feel reconnected with God. I don't do this with everybody, but I turned to Mary while the testimony was going on and I said, why does your hair look blue? It, it, it didn't. It really didn't. Um, Mary, is it your desire to publicly testify of your relationship to Christ by being baptized? Yeah. Mary, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, likeness of his death, likeness of his resurrection. This is Mark Janis. <laughs> Mark and I became buddies at the uh, men's retreat. We were roommates, the only two in the room. Did a lot of talking. A lot of talking. I found out he was a swimmer. Um, <laughs> I had I, I just finished waxing eloquently about how I tried swimming as an exercise and hated it, and then found out he's a lifelong proficient swimmer and everything else. So I'm looking forward to some moves in here this morning. <laughs> Mark, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. All right, we're going to hear about it. Hi, my name is Mark Janis, and I grew up as a Christian. I grew up in a Christian family, um, and came to know Christ through our youth program at church, and really made a commitment to Christ when, at a youth retreat. My grandmother was a huge influence on my relationship with Christ. She was a true role model in prayer reading scripture. I remember many nights when she just read to herself. And it was just a great role model, but really she showed me the true meaning of love through her relationship with others. Um, during college though, my relationship with Christ was put on the back burner. I really, my relationship with Christ really stalled and I really struggled through some of those times. I was really just too self-centered. After marrying Tracy, um, we started to attend a few different churches, and that was part of our journey going from Indianapolis to Peoria to Chicago, and then finally settling in Medford, New Jersey with our family. We realized through a lot of conversation and prayer that it was important to really um, be surrounded in a Christian family and Christian environment. So we really started looking for that environment to, to raise our children. We finally found a church at Faith Church in Medford, New Jersey, where we really started to do family and life with our church there, and we really began to um, grow and, and grow in our walk with Christ. Those were some of the most formative years of my life in growing with Christ. In that church, I found a group of men who really challenged me, um, helped me become a better father, a better husband, um, and just a, a better person overall. It, it was in our small groups, though, where we really, I really started my journey, really became stronger with Christ. Um, we were very active in a group of 10, 12 adults who did life together, we grew together, we studied scripture together, and just that group of friends 
um, really showed me the strength in Christ. And one of the, my favorite scriptures is Philippians 4.13. Uh, we can do all things in Christ who gives us strength. What I realized was Christ actually brought us here to New Jersey. God provided friends and a community for us to become involved and active in. Um, and through that, I realized that it wasn't my strength in this. It wasn't me doing this, but God provided all of that. And he was the ultimate strength in our relationships with our friends. Um, we've now been attending Fellowship Community Church for, for a few years, and it's really time for us to take that next step in our journey where we want to be part of this community in a greater way. And I, we believe that believer's baptism is the way to do that, become more active, um, and then become more active in our community and our church. So Tracy and I are really excited in taking this journey together. So Mark, is it your desire to publicly testify of your relationship to Christ by being baptized? Yes. Mark, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, likeness of his death. The other part of the partnership is Tracy. This is Tracy. And Tracy, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. We're going to hear about that. My name is Tracy Janice, and we've been attending Fellowship Community Church now for a little over two years. And the Lord has been good to us and giving us community. And I would just like to uh, display that, uh, that goodness from the Holy Spirit in uh, a public display of baptism. So the Lord became real and personal to me in my late 20s um, when Mark and me and the family moved out to New Jersey with two under two and a black lab. The early stages of parenting can be challenging and um, also very lonely. And uh, it was at that time that uh, my need for a real and authentic relationship became real to me. Um, before that time, uh, I was extremely independent. I felt like I could do it on my own, but when I was out here, I had no resources and no relationships on which to rely on. And uh, the Lord did something in me so my story is that the Lord rescued me from that independence and put me on a road to community. And it's as simple as that. Um, God has been good to us. He's been good to me. Uh, he, changed my, um, he changed my thought process. He changed my perspective. But he didn't change my circumstances in that we still live miles and miles and miles from family and dear friends that we had in uh, back in the Midwest. We came with, with no relationships and we were blessed with community here at FCC. And we would just like to uh, continue that community. And um, with our public display of baptism, we feel like that would be a, um, a super place to start. And um, we're just happy to be here. Tracy, is it your desire to 
testify of that relationship to Christ by being baptized. Yes. Casey, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Likeness of his death. Likeness of his resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> This is Sarah. Sarah, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. All right, we're going to hear about that. So my name is Sarah, and I first saw my need for Christ as I was sitting in our best man's hospital room as he was battling cancer for the third and final time. God's presence in the room was undeniable. And as I sat and listened to Billy and his nurse talk about their responsibility to bring people to the Lord, I knew they were talking about me. I said to my husband, I said, if Billy isn't afraid to die, if his faith is so strong, then there's gotta be something to this believing in God stuff. I didn't grow up a believer. I had no idea where to begin. I was full of fear and shame, I just felt totally lost. But God had already provided for me in the form of a kayak trip with my dear friend Desi. Uh, we went on the trip, I told her my story, I asked her for her help. I was beside myself, I was shaking uncontrollably, sobbing, just absolutely scared out of my mind, and I asked her, where do I begin? Well, she paddled up next to me and she said something to me that I absolutely never expected. She said, Sarah, God loves you. I, I did a double take. I thought, is this what faith is really about? I just had no idea. So Desi encouraged me to attend FCC. She and her husband, uh, Ed, sent Bibles to my husband, Fred, and myself. And I was so blessed because I was able to share this story with our friend Billy and his family uh, before he passed away. I can remember their son, Sean, saying to me one day, I heard you had a big day today, Aunt Sarah. And that was the day that I first walked through the doors of FCC. Coming here. Participating in Alpha has been the foundation of my journey. As I started to learn about faith, I realized just how broken I was, and I still am. Um, but Jesus has made a difference in my life by loving me so that I can love, forgiving me so that I can forgive, being kind to me so I can be kind in turn, and providing me with peace so that I can live without fear. I wake up every day and I thank God for a chance to do over, to have another day, to rise and shine, uh, to be joyously overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's a great way to live. One of my favorite verses is Galatians 5, 23. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I want to be baptized because I truly believe, I wholeheartedly believe that I'm a new person in Christ and that there is no turning back to the old way of life. Uh, I know now that I have a purpose and I owe it all to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. That'll preach. Sarah, is it your desire to publicly testify of that relationship to Christ by being baptized? Yes, sir. 
Sarah, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Likeness of his death. Likeness of his resurrection. Nate, Nate's going to join me. Nate, have you received Christ as your Savior? Yes. All right, we're going to hear your story. So I was blessed to grow up in a home with where both my parents loved God, they both loved me, me and my two brothers, we all grew up, I guess, knowing or learning a lot about God from basically from day one. Um, so I accepted Christ, I guess, in Sunday school class as my, as my savior. Boy, I was probably four or five years old. I was real young. So going through life, I, you know, it was easy for me to make, you know, church life one thing and then life everywhere else I just kind of go with the crowd um, and I, I did a pretty good job of living that divided life right up until probably until college um, I went away to school wanted to get as far away from home as I could just to I guess get out from under my parents influence and experience things for myself and it was at college I kind of had to start I had to start making a decision if I was going to be serious about this whole Christian thing, if I was going to make my faith my own, or if I was still going to try and uh, just fake it. But God wouldn't really be fooled. I couldn't fake it. So he put me with this group of guys that uh, they did a really good job of kind of nudging me in the right direction and um, calling me out when I was, you know, not being real with them. One of these guys in particular that I lived with in the fraternity, he, uh, he happened to be there for me at a Pretty, pretty rough moment in my life. Uh, uh, the night that I found out my brother had been killed in a car accident, uh, I was hanging out with my buddy David and a few other people. And <clears throat> um, so I got this phone call from my mom and she says, Nate, uh, your brother's been in a car accident. He's, he didn't make it. It was like a gut punch. And I, I kind of just was shell-shocked, didn't really know what to do. Um, and I eventually found myself sitting in my room and my buddy David walks in, he sits with me and I look at him, I go, David, what's the point of all this? How's this all gonna work out? And I think God gave him some pretty profound wisdom for me that I needed to hear at that, at that point in life. He told me, he said, Nate, if God was standing here in front of you, I don't think he would point you to that verse in Romans eight where it says all things work together for good. I don't think he would do that at all. I think he would sit here with you, he would cry with you, he would hurt with you, he would just be with you. And that was kind of a profound truth that I had, I think God was building up to throughout my, my life. He was trying to convince me that, you know, he's not just this high and lofty God who's on a throne way above me, which, which he is. He is, you know, mighty, he is God, but he's also near to the brokenhearted. He's near to his people. Uh, he's with us. And that was, a, that was a truth that I guess had been lost in the shuffle as I was trying to run around and live this divided life. I guess in the aftermath of that, I started to process a little bit more through what it's like to actually do life with God and um, make him a part of my daily daily life. I guess it kind of started to have an effect on me. 
I guess in just the way I interact with people. Um, I eventually did run into this, this one girl who, to this day, she's still the most naturally perceptive person I know. And she may have accurately deduced that I uh, was kind of just obnoxious and barely tolerable when we first met. <laughs> but I guess as God worked on my heart, she eventually reconsidered. Uh, she, eventually, <laughs> she even let me convince her that marriage was a good plan and kids. <laughs> you learn a lot about yourself when you get married. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that God uses your spouse to show you, uh, good and bad. We do a pretty good job, Lindsay and I, of uh, just encouraging each other to keep making Christ the center, keep living for him. And, and I guess the last thing, uh, the question's been asked a few times, so why are you getting baptized? Um, I've been pondering that the last couple of weeks, thinking about, all right, so why now? I think I'm getting baptized here because uh, the more Lindsay and I dig into this church, the more we dig into um, just doing life with the people here, and the more they invest in us, um, I'm starting to see the church really function as uh, really an extension of our family. You know, we've had people really support us in profound ways over the last few years that um, I, I wouldn't have expected otherwise. Um, and so getting baptized, it's, it's certainly obedience to Christ. It's obedience to following his example. But I think it's also identifying with, with this church, with um, this kind of shared experience that we all have. Um, and I can certainly get behind being a part of that and being a part of this extension of family to where we can get behind each other and support each other. So, so that's why I'm getting baptized. Nate, do you desire to publicly testify of your faith by being baptized? Yes. Nate, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, likeness of his death. I've had a chance to hear those testimonies a number of times, and as I've reflected on the beauty of the stories, two things stood out to me. There are really two things I think they all were saying they're identifying with. Certainly, they're identifying with the desire for community, and I think that is part of what baptism is. It is identifying with a community of believers who are saying, it's true. We've, we found him to be real. Uh, he has changed us. He is changing us. Secondly, there is a commitment involved in baptism. We don't rush into getting people to get baptized. We don't immediately say, okay, you seem to have made a decision for Christ. Quick, this Sunday, get baptized. In the early church, they took as much as three years to train people as catechumens or learners, as they were called, to make sure that they were serious about their walk with Jesus Christ. It's why we don't baptize people under 13 years old, not that we don't think kids can have a true faith in Christ. We just think there's value in allowing time to really determine that that is the path we want to follow. That all being said, maybe you're here, 
and you have embraced Jesus Christ as your Savior. And for you, you've been doing this walk long enough to say, I'm, I'm in. I'm all in. This is, I, I want Christ to be Lord. I want my life to be lived under the power of Christ. I want to do that in community with other people. I guess my question to you is, if you haven't been baptized, why not? Why not publicly identify with Christ and his community and say, yes, I believe this is an ordinance. It's part of the principles of, of doing life in the, in the community of faith. Or maybe you're here and you've never personally embraced Jesus Christ as your Savior. What I found in baptisms, God often uses a person's story to be a trigger into someone else's life and say, man, you know, the, what, what he was saying, what she was saying, it was just, it's just like I'm thinking. Maybe God has you here and he's using somebody's story this morning, which is, which is ultimately God's story in their life, to say, what about you? Have you received Christ as your Savior? Why not if you haven't? If God is prompting your heart about your need of Christ or being baptized, you can shoot me an email, give me a call. I'd love the chance to talk to you more about it. But let's stand together and we're going to be dismissed. I'd like to just close our time together in prayer. Lord, we, we love to hear stories. We love to hear these stories because these are really your story. Your work through the uniqueness of our life circumstances, the uniqueness of our wiring and personalities, but united in the reality that there is one Lord who changes us and who makes us different. Lord, we glory in Christ this morning. We give you praise for all these stories and the, the hundreds of others that are represented in this room that have been transformed by Jesus Christ. God asks you to pursue the lives of people here in this room, online, that you are drawing to yourself. God, do it by your grace, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now go in peace to love and serve and enjoy the Lord.